Hey listeners, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today, I have the honor to learn from Joanne Docherty. Joanne is the founder of Star Education, which delivers accredited mental health training with a huge focus on whole family mental health. She also is a part of multiple community groups aimed at improving the mental health of others. So Joanne, thank you for coming on today. I'm looking forward to this and your enthusiasm. Again, I'm looking forward to learning more about you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I have to ask, first of all, have you had anyone else from Scotland? Uh, I've had a, I don't think I've had anyone from Scotland, but I've had a, I've had a couple from the UK. Mm -hmm. So like that area, but I haven't had any from Scotland. So this will be a fun, fun podcast. So do you think you'll be okay with the accent? Oh yeah. (laughs) I've, I've had people all over the world. So accent doesn't matter. So kind of what I want to open with is you've had quite a bit of experience in education. The question is, is I want to ask, how'd you get into it in the first place? I think that's a fascinating field. And I kind of curious, what kind of was the initial draw to education? How long you got? I could talk about this for so long. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had quite a traumatic, adverse childhood. I was um, born into quite a chaotic chaotic life. My mother was schizophrenic. Um, We were living in uh, poverty. We didn't have any money. Um, But my grandmother raised me because my mum was too sick. So my my gran was like, still is my role model. And my Mm -hmm. gran loved learning. And because we didn't have any money, she would take me, uh, she would take me to the library because it was free. So we'd get books every week. I think it, I think it still is nine. You could take nine books out, and I would finish them like so quickly. I want to go back and change them. And I was reading from a really young age because um, Nan had taught me how to read when I was um, quite young. And I guess I, I learned from her. She she had just a passion for. She she always told me, you know. How, how amazing school was and how to learn and books. There was books all around the house. Like we didn't have any money. We, we didn't have anything, but there was books yeah. everywhere. And I guess that love, love of words, love of books came from my nan and that really inspired. And, and she always sort of said, not that my way out of anything was, was education in school, but she just instilled in me how important it was that I do well at school, that I that I study hard, that I, um, and she always from very young uh, told me I would go to university. So that's cool. Yeah, I guess it really came from then. And you know, when you don't have any money either, m- museums were free. So she would take me to the museums, um, all that that sort of stuff that was free because you know, and that's where I really kind of got a thirst, I guess, for wanting to learn more and questioning things I, I remember pestering her with questions all the time always asking but nan nan what about that what about that <laughs> so I guess that came initially came from from my nan that's cool yeah. I I think that's awesome it really goes to show that like 
those that we look up to, we kind of end up becoming like them, right? Like we look up to those people that, and they have a pretty big influence on how our lives turn out. So this is kind of a question I think that leads up to it, mm-hmm. right? You're getting an education. You love learning, which I love learning too, right? Learning is awesome, right? When you actually find something that's, you know, you want to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the next step is how do you get like into the mental health, mm-hmm. like aspects of things? Like how'd you get into that? Yep. So when my nan died, I, again, education had an amazing teacher had, and she, I say, um, it felt like she wrapped me up in cotton wool. Um, I, and, and I'm not sure what grade it would be over there. I was only 10 and Mrs. Marshall kind of wrapped me up in cotton wool and I just wanted to be like her. And from that moment, I was going to be a teacher because I wanted to be as kind as she was to me. And I was going through extreme trauma. And then I wanted to to become a teacher like her and help children who were going through stuff like, like I was. And I guess there's a part of you that wants to kind of save people who were like you, save little kids who were like you. And these children, when they're going through all that trauma, they're suffering mental health conditions, okay? We call it different things, social and emotional problems. Um, but I guess that's where at first, at first sort of I started with that and then... Again, I just wanted to go and study again. I did my BA, my Bachelor of Education, and I wanted to go and study again. So it made sense that I did psychology, child psychology. Mm. And then I guess really thinking about mental health, the big thing happened when I got pregnant. Because when I got pregnant, I developed a connection with my mother. And I'd mentioned my mother was schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. And... For the first time, first time in my life, I felt very close to her, which is something I've never had. Um, previously, always a bit scared of her. There was no relationship. Um, scared, confused by her, couldn't understand it. And then something just changed when I got pregnant, maybe being a mum myself. That line, that line was there. And it, I felt her very much guiding my work and... I had a real insight as to the kind of stuff she was going through, um, the stigma she faced, how hard it was for her to try to give me up because she was too sick to take care of me. And that's really when I shifted into quite seriously into mental health then and educating others and helping educate others what to do when people are experiencing difficulties. So like everything I do, really personal reasons for choosing the work that I do but it's always kind of been there um, working yeah. with children experiencing mental health but since I got pregnant in 2021 very very focused on mental health and that has been my mum guiding me and I guess you could say as well the impact of the pandemic and mm-hmm. seeing you know being being online with everybody lots of my students were struggling and they didn't know what to do I was doing a lot of um, leadership qualifications with leaders and the leaders didn't know how to have conversations with their staff. They found it difficult to, if a staff presented with a mental health problem, okay, are they at it? Are they kidding on? Are they trying to get time off? How do we deal with this? Um, And I thought, right, there needs to be more education around this um and I kind of always had this you kind of a magnet sometimes people open up and talk to me and I've I've always had that sort of 
empathetic nature, I guess, and being able to help others develop that as a kind of privilege, I think. So yeah, I think you you definitely have that desire to help others, yeah. right? Yeah. You you really want to help others, and I think that's awesome too. Especially in regards, to, I mean, mental health. That's something I think that's recently like kind of came up, right? It wasn't really talked about back way back when, right? Yeah. But now it's becoming more and more relevant. I guess my first question is: is why is that kind of? Is it just we're learning new things, or is it more like we just didn't pay attention to it, like? What kind of why the rise in mental health? Yeah, I think there, there's I think there's a couple of reasons, a combination of reasons. I do think okay, I do think stigma is still here. Um, there is still a stigma, however, it's not as bad as it was. People are more more open. They are willing to be more open. Talk about it. There's a lot more education. Um, it's it, I mean, it's hard because I, I don't know exactly what's going on in, in the States, but there's so many helplines now. There's so many national campaigns. We have World Mental Health mm -hmm. Day. We have these weeks. We have these months. Businesses have to have mental health policies, mental health and wellbeing policies now. There seems to be mm -hmm. a shift in, in attitude in that, uh, yeah, mental health is health. It's not a separate thing um, from your physical health. It is, it is, um, it is your health. Mental health is health. So that that would be certainly one reason. I think there there is a change in attitudes um, and in education. Another one is it just people being able to recognise it in themselves as well that that they they don't need to struggle alone because of education. They realise that okay, maybe maybe there, there is something wrong with me and I can open up about it I can get help I can talk about it yeah I, I think I think you're right I think I mean this is something I've talked with or I, I read a book recently of a mentor of mine actually mm -hmm. and he talks about how you should be t trying to take care of all aspects of your life right and and if you don't right if you neglect one like aspect of your health then it kind of spills over into the others right? right so you need to take care of your mental health right your physical health your uh, financial health, your uh, spiritual health, your uh, career health, right? You got to take care of all of these uh, healths. Like you want to be healthy in all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. But I guess the following question that I kind of have is I have found that you kind of have to almost make it unbalanced in order to try and improve because I think that's the goal in all of us, right? We want to improve, mm -hmm. but like I want to kind of get your what's your process of trying to make sure they still improve, mm -hmm. but like not making it so it's so unbalanced that they're like, for example, their mental health suffers. You mean if someone's going through something and they need to get help? Yeah. So that and then how do they like improve and become like a better person? Because I think that's something we all want to do. Mm, that's a good question. I think I could talk about this personally. Um, when I I went through a divorce and so I'll use myself in, as an example. I went through a divorce in 2016 and it was it was not in any way a, a messy divorce. You know, it was a friends that need to separate. This isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. And that really cut me up. Um, it affected me much more than I would have thought because it was it was friendly. It was both of us deciding this this was right for both of us and it really affected me. And I think one phrase is you've got to go through it. You have to go through it. <laughs> you cannot run from it. You can't climb over it. You can't go around the side. You have to go through it. And 
And again, knowing that bad times don't always last. Um, I remember being in that and being really down and really low, thinking it would never end. And people telling me, this won't last, this won't last. And like, almost couldn't take that in because I just felt so dreadful and didn't think anything was going to get better. But really hanging on to that, that bad times don't last. Um, yeah. I, I would say that. And also um, getting your support networks around you is really, really important. So if you are experiencing something difficult and maybe you do need to go for therapy or you, you, you need to get help, having your support networks really important that you can come away from those professional services, say, and have a check-in with, with whoever you can. Um, that's I would say that's a really important thing. Um, and, you know, having those friends, having those supportive people yes. that you can depend on, rely on. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that kind of reminds me of, again, someone else, uh, a friend actually, about goal setting. And that's actually what they say is one of the best things you can do when setting a goal, right? Is to talk with your friends, say, hey, this yeah. is what I'm going to go do. And they're like, hey, we're, we'll support you. You got this type of thing. That's how you go out and try to make something better in your life, right? And it's it's by no stretch, right? Again, it's not easy, right? I mean, you shared a very personal experience there. That thank you for sharing, by the That's way. Okay. That's I didn't. Uh, and right there, right? You, I, I love this saying where you said, "Bad times they don't, they don't last," right? So here's another question. Some people might feel like maybe they're themselves are putting themselves in a bad, like creating, I guess, those bad times. Mm. Maybe how do you kind of shift it so then they're making maybe better decisions so then they can create mm. good times down the road? Mm. That's that's a good question and that's important. And I will link back to what you said about goal setting. And if people can set, so they're in it, right? And it's black and it's, it's gray and it's dark and they can't see they cannot see the light. Setting small goals, and I'm talking if, if people are in a bad mm -hmm. place, setting the smallest goal, like going for a 20-minute walk and trying to find four flowers, that's your target. You're going to spot four trees, name four trees. <laughs> see, or like for people, yeah, I'm going to eat mm -hmm. breakfast, lunch and dinner. Small goals like that. When they're written down and achieved, that brings such a sense of satisfaction and like I can do this okay I can I can do these small goals and I can start I can build on them I can make them better and um, so I would say one way that and also keeping yourself accountable when when you're in if people are in that dark um gray horrible place because it's not mm -hmm. nice to be there but that you can do something for yourself um that that's one thing I would definitely advise and recommend and people don't realize how achieving a small goal can make an impact on on your um, mm -hmm. your self-worth your self-esteem your motivation to set another goal because yeah I've done that I've, I've managed that despite things being so tough I can do it no I agree I think and I'm guilty of kind of this example I'm going to give mm -hmm. but sometimes right we set those expectations so high mm -hmm. right we're like I'm going to do this and this and this mm -hmm. especially right as we're like approaching this new year mm -hmm. Right. Mm. Everyone's going to go sit down, start setting their goals and be like, I'm going to do this and this and this. Mm. But I like how you take the approach of, hey, let's start small. Right. Like just go out there and do these small things. And I remember uh, listening to what's his name? I, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but he talked about how like when he goes out and helps people that are like really, really struggling, he'll start with simple like, hey, 
Just pick up like four things in your room, right? Because usually their room's a disaster, just like their life, right? It's a disaster. They're just so stressed. He's like, hey, let's start small. Let's let's start pick up four things, right? And even that, right, is like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Like, but just start there. And then as you take the step by step, all of a sudden, right, you begin achieving more and more. And you start to get more responsibility. And that's where that accountability starts coming into play, right? Because now you're responsible for more things and that trust is built up. So I, I want to kind of ask this, how I, I think accountability plays a big role in, you know, setting goals and all that. Maybe some people I've heard, you know, kids that are out there, they say, look, I, I share people their my dreams, but they just, they don't get it type of thing. Or I share with my friends and they, they just don't get it. Right. What's kind of your advice to kind of find that person that can, you can kind of bounce ideas off and kind of hold you accountable mm. so then you can go out and achieve great things. Mm. I would say here, if your friendship group, if your close knits are not shouting you up and clapping you on the back and sending you text messages to go for it and telling you, well done, telling you, you can do it. How can I support you? Then you want to look at your, mm. you want to look at your circle because yeah. it's, it's not the right, it's not the right circle. Um, you talked about having a mentor, and I I am a mentor myself. I've always had a mentor. Be, find your mentor because that person can transform your life as well. And, um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it doesn't always have to be work, but if someone can find a mentor as well and just say, yeah, listen, I'm looking for some mentorship, can you, having that that kind of strong figure as well can, can be really helpful, but your inner circle should be shouting, they should be cheering you on all the time. And, and, and if you're sharing, I, I know there's loads of posts about this, social media posts, but if you're sharing good stuff, if you're sharing your dreams with your best pals and they are not encouraging you or giving you constructive advice on it, then you're with the wrong pals. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes, yeah, that inner circle, maybe it's just not, right? They're just not there for you yeah. type of thing. Or maybe they, and they have different interests maybe as well. Yeah. And they're like, look, I'm just not interested in this. Yeah. I guess social media could, could, can, can be a real help and things like this. I mean, people find, they find their community in social media. I met some amazing people on Twitter and Instagram. And some people, I talk about this, some people on Instagram show me more support and congratulations for things I do. Like, mm. and I know it's genuine. I made some brilliant connections in America, actually that people shout me on, love my story. And I think you can make some real positive connections on social media as well. And particularly as well for people who struggle socially and have social anxieties and maybe don't get out as much to make friends. So I would say that there's a lot of really supportive community that can be found online as well. I I agree. I think especially right with the invention of the internet, Mm. social media, all that, Mm. those type of things actually help us Mm connect with more people of our like almost hone in like hey we're almost like the same person type like we have a lot of shared interests and it really helps hone in on that and I guess another follow-up question would be it's it's really hard I guess for some of those kids maybe to like break away right from that inner circle right it's it's not hard it's really hard to like go out and it's kind of scary so I guess my question would be is how do you kind of overcome that fear so then they're not I guess yeah how, how would they overcome that fear of like hey I don't know what's gonna happen if I do like ditch these guys Ooh. so I I really work with my gut I work with my gut feeling a lot and I always have done and if people aren't 
I could be I can be quite brutal here. See if people are not lighting you up and you've got that gut feeling that's off, that they are not championing you, that they're not supporting you, that it's if it gives you that icky feeling and they're not bringing something to your life that's positive, then I guess my experience and lived experience of people in situations is cut it. <laughs> um, <laughs> put yourself in new situations, get yourselves into new new communities. Don't waste time on people that aren't, if, if they are not lighting you up, if you are getting that feeling from them, if they're not supporting you, if if they're, you know, if they're not bringing you something positive in your life, then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be hard. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. I think sometimes, right. You got to make those tough calls to uh, just, you know, cut them and it's hard, right? Yeah. Because, right. You have all these fun experiences, all that. But also I would say as you move on in life, right, you, you experience different things, right? You begin to experience different things with different people as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So as you experience maybe something with this friend and you experience a couple things with this friend a bunch of times, right? Obviously you're spending a significant amount of time together and it's right. And you guys have a shared bond there, but then right when you comes to your goals, your dreams, all that, maybe you don't have that shared bond. So, right. It's really tough to break that bond. So I, I had a friend who said this really well. He said, try and create different groups type of thing. Right. So you have, look, this is your career friends. These are your just for fun friends, right? You just want to go out for a night and just have fun. And then these are your like, just your inner circle. These are the guys you trust and you will share anything with, right? And that's usually like family or very, very close friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a good approach for doing it. I, I don't know. I want to kind of hear what's your thoughts on kind of how he viewed that. Yeah, I love that. And I, again, I will, I will relate to my personal experience. I guess that's what's really happened with me and my ex-husband, hope he never listens to this or his family but (laughs) I really grew and grew and I'm really ambitious and had this learning and I was always moving and growing and he wasn't and that comes to a point where this is really mismatched here and and I had to I had to get out of that situation because it was not right for either of us we weren't the right people anymore um so I guess just to, to, to say, yeah, I can talk about that on a personal level um, as well. I love the idea of having different friendship groups. I've been quite lucky. I've got, I talk about my circle. I've got my circle and a few of them have been in there for a long time. And one thing is we have grown together. So we did the whole party stuff. Like years ago, I was party mm-hmm. girl. I went out a lot and loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I love to have a good party and now we're really sensible and focused and I don't drink anymore so I grew with them which I know doesn't always happen but I do like the idea of having different friendship groups that's a good idea and yeah I guess that happens kind of naturally you have your your work colleagues friends and I do always try to keep I when I worked in schools I always kind of kept my work friends as work friends and a lot of them didn't know about that I'd go out at the weekends and stuff it was it was quite separate no I agree again I think the groups are a great way to approach things and it's also right it's the nature of like like sometimes we come in with a mindset like hey right when you're at work right it's like hey I want to think about nothing but work Mm. I'm just trying to get my job Mm. done and right the last thing you want is someone coming in saying so I've been thinking about like going out tonight it's like what this has nothing to do with what we're talking about (laughs) right I mean yeah it's fun right small talk it's great but sometimes right it's 
like, no, let's like, I, I'm here to focus on work. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're my work friends mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then, right. When you go out to party and you're thinking about nothing but partying, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm here for a good time. Like, mm-hmm. let's just relax, mm-hmm. have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the group approach is especially the, the way to go about mm-hmm. it. So I guess another follow-up question would be, so inner circle, we're talking like the tight mm-hmm. inner circle. Some people maybe feel a lot of anxiety or something mm-hmm. along those lines where they don't feel comfortable sharing like very personal things. It takes them time mm-hmm. to kind of share mm-hmm. some of these things that are going on, but they know they need help type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. What's your recommendation to kind of help them do that? I always say one of the first things I say is, well, one of my phrases in my business is we deserve to thrive. So we deserve to thrive. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy. And also you have a right, you have a right to speak and you have a right to be listened to. Um, No matter how small or silly you think your problem is, there's a lot of good people around. There's a lot of people who want to help. And another tip, I can't remember who said this to me recently. Would you, if someone came and asked you that same thing, would you ignore them? Would you think they were being silly? No. So wh- why would you think that about yourself? So I guess that's one way one way to think about it. Um, we deserve the best. I just think life life's for living, life's for grabbing onto. We deserve the best. And if something is not making us happy, then we should get help to, to try and fix it and, 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 and improve it and reach out. You don't know what someone is well, what that one sentence, that one phrase they might say to you, how it might turn around your thinking completely. And mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, actually that I'm being ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. I think, especially how you said that one sentence, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think everyone has had that experience, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just one sentence just totally changes their perspective on something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, like I never thought of that. Maybe I'm being like, right. You start realizing, oh, I need to fix that. Right. It's, and and, right. It's a great thing to do that. So when you go and talk right with this friend and you go out and you're comfortable, oftentimes you find that most people are thinking the same thing, right? They're thinking, oh my gosh, like, what are they thinking about me? Are they thinking I'm silly or, oh, they thinking I'm trying to be like their life coach? Like, uh, right. Everyone's always so worried about what others are thinking about them. So I'm going to use this as the intelligent question of the day. Okay. How do we avoid that? This is a big one. And I see it a lot on social media. And I guess it relates back to a point that I made. If you say something and that person doesn't give you the a supportive, positive reaction, then they're not the right person. So just go for it. Just say whatever it is on your mind. And your friends are your friends. I say that as well. Your friends are your friends for a reason. They've picked you for Mm -hmm. a reason. So it's unlikely, you know, unless we're talking about something seriously illegal, (laughs) really, really, (laughs) really bad. It's unlikely that they are going to give you a really really off reaction i don't know what do you think that was a hard question (laughs) no no i i agree i think you hit it right on the the mark i i think the best way to at least i think a way going about is kind of similar it's you have to realize other people are thinking the same thing right you got to realize hey look they're also thinking oh crap what are they thinking of me the best thing you can do right is be that person like and totally catch them off guard right 
they're thinking, oh my gosh, this person's going to think I'm stupid. This person's going to think all this, right? The best thing you can actually do is say, hey, that's awesome. Like what you're doing is really cool. And people are like, wait, what? Like it almost startles them, right? When you do that. And it really helps, right? Build their self-confidence, self-esteem. They're like, oh, wait, like I can actually do this. This is a good idea, right? And they uh, go after that. And, you, and you, you actually did it to me. So you said, thank you for sharing that. And that's one of the things that I teach. When someone opens up, when someone, I think it's such a privilege, right? Isn't it? When someone opens up to mm-hmm. you, when someone discloses or opens, feels that they can talk to you. And the first thing I always say, thank you. Thank you so much for feeling that you could say that to me. And that again can totally transform where they go with it, how much they open up. I think, yeah, especially, yeah, that humility, right? That it plays a big role, right? Because, right, this person's opening themselves up. They're making themselves vulnerable. And what ends up, right, happening is, right, they're just, they're kind of like, all right, like, what's your reaction? And when you, when you take the approach of like, hey, thank you for trusting me. It's like, oh my, like, that's really what you're saying. It's like, thank you for trusting me. And when you take that approach, it, it builds again, that trust. And that's, that's the foundation of any relationship, whether it's right, a marital, a friendship, uh, just acquaintances, that is the foundation of anything is trust. And you need to have that. So Joanne, thank you for coming on today. I, I enjoyed what you had to share today. And I think you had great things to share. So you've mentioned, uh, you, you've helped people uh, with mental health and you're in the education field. Mm -hmm. What's the best way people can kind of find your business, reach out to you, uh, all that fun stuff, find you on social, all the links that they can find you at. Thank you. Thank you. Firstly, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, So much fun. Really, you asked some good questions. I really enjoyed it. I am at the moment very, very active, most active on Instagram, just Stara Education, S-T-A-R-R-A Education. Um, you can get me on www.stara.co.uk as well. Um, used to be active on Twitter. I find Twitter a bit difficult at the moment, but I'm on Twitter at Stara Education as well. But um, love to connect. Um, have made so many amazing friends. Uh, yeah, and I call them friends online. So please, if you're listening and you liked anything I had to say, um, I've got loads more to say. Come and connect with me. I'd love to. I'd love to say hello. Yeah, of course. I, I'm sure they will reach out. So, Joanne, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your insights with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. So, everyone, as you can tell, that is Joanne Doctory. As you can tell, she's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. I challenge you guys to reach out to her if anything that you listen to today kind of struck your interest. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again. And let's get after it.